And we're back on Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco. Glad you're with us on this Sunday afternoon, or it could be during the week. Don't forget, this program is also available on our website at wfdu.fm. Click on HD1 Archive, and you'll, you can find the show for the next two weeks. And also, as we announced at the top of the show, we are now being uh, rebroadcast on bluesandrootsradio.com. It's a new, well, it's a relatively new website that features uh, shows from all across the globe. And uh, I am so honored to be part of this. We're going to be uh, debuting this show, actually, this coming Saturday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, following the Mike Harding Show, the legendary DJ out of uh, the U.K. So uh, a lot of ways to hear this program nowadays. But I'm glad you're here live today because we have a very special guest. She was actually on the show once before. She was part of the Joni Mitchell Blue Project that uh, uh, was what was that, three, four years ago now, or maybe even longer? I think it, I think it ended two years ago, oh, wow. but it started two it's years st- before that. It's been a while, but uh, it was some great music, a group of, uh, of young New York women who get together with, in, a, in a group called Chicks, Chicks with Dip, and they put together this show, and I got to meet so many wonderful new artists, including this woman here. Uh, her name is Elisa Pamer, and Elisa, it's so good to have you back Hi, in the studio. Ron, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, I am thrilled you're here, and I'm thrilled about your new CD. It's called Inside the Glass. Uh, it's your fifth recording, and it's been a while since you've been recording, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while. And you've got a, a record release party coming up next Sunday afternoon at, uh, five, at 6 p.m. at, um, was it, First Acoustics in Brooklyn Heights, New York. We'll give information about that a little later, but right now... Instead of going into all the details, I want to hear some music. Would you mind uh, sharing something? I'd be delighted. This is uh, the first track from the new CD. It's called Better. Something that 
That's a great way to start. Thank I love you. that. Thank That's you. A great song. It's also the song that kicks off your new CD. And congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the, the release party is coming up this coming uh, next Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Sunday yeah. at 6 at uh, First Acoustics at the First, Pres- uh, First Unitarian Church in Brooklyn Heights. Um, it's a great music series. I've been to a million times, seen friends, discovered artists there, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm thrilled that i get to do the record release show there oh that's gonna be a lot of fun i'm sure well i i'm so glad you're in our studio today as i as i we mentioned at the top of the show we first met you with uh, the Joni mitchell blue project and i was impressed by by everybody in the group because there was a lot of diversity going on there but yet there was also something that that i think drew all of you together there was a, a commonality in, in in styles and maybe it is the diversity that brought that together. But, you know, I, I can hear it in your music. I hear elements of, of folk, of jazz, of show tunes and rock and roll, of course. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where did you uh, develop as, a, as an artist? Uh, well, it, it's the show tunes and the rock and roll, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my, my first musical interests were my mom and dad's Broadway cast album LPs uh-huh. and uh, AM pop radio. And it all started there. Uh I was taking piano lessons at the time and uh, basically classical lessons. But what I really wanted to do was play the songs I heard on the radio and uh, sing the songs that I heard on the cast albums. And that's where it all started. Well, you've got an amazing voice, too. I should, should mention that. Of course, I don't have to mention it. I think people can hear that when you, when you start singing. But, you know, it, it captures in your songwriting... Um, Something that's you know that, that I think what makes it folk music, in, in my estimation, is that it's 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 something that's all reachable. It's all things that we um, just we all share a common experience, such as that that first song that you did better. Yeah, um, you know I think we've all gone through situations like that as well. Well, it's funny that song came about because I used to read this um, this blog from this girl who would talk about her dating exploits, and you would read it, and it was kind of like. I called it like rubbernecking blog. You, you can't look away and you're right. horrified at the choices that she's making. And she knows she's making bad choices and she's writing about her bad choices. And you're like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it pains me uh. to see somebody else going through this. <laughs> right. And that's really where the song came from. Uh-huh. 
Well, it's 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 a wonderful song, wonderful CD, and um, the the music that you you've, you've put together on this. Now, this was your fifth album, uh, but it took you a number of years before since your last one. What what happened? I don't really know. I was putting out records every well every year, every two years, every three years. Uh, I released four albums pretty much every few years for a while. And then I just thought, you know, maybe I'm done putting out records. I was still playing in a band. Mm -hmm. I was still writing songs. Um, but the desire to get back into the studio and put out another commercial product mm -hmm. just wasn't really, you got to really make a commitment for that, just time-wise, financial-wise. And I just, it, it wasn't there. Sure. And then I did the blue shows. And for two years was surrounded by fantastically talented musicians writing incredible songs in front of significantly sized audiences. And it really planted the seeds. Once those shows were done over the course of about two years, I thought I need to go back into the studio and make another record. Mm -hmm. It was extremely creatively inspiring yeah. to, to be around that for so long. And, and that's something I think collectives do. I mean, it, it's, it's a way of... Uh of working with each other, learning somebody else's secrets, so to speak, and, uh, and, and sharing that creative experience. How did you join that collective, by the way? You know, I can't, I can't even remember. I got invited to somebody's house once. Really, that collective is really, at its core, a group of friends who get together, uh -huh. play their songs for each other, and um, we talk about them. We give suggestions. We say what we like. We say what we don't like. And quite honestly, I've, I've been to a bunch of different songwriting groups in my life, and these women have the best ideas. There's probably no song on this record that hasn't been altered in some way based on advice and guidance I got from the women in that group. Mm -hmm. They incredibly have incredibly good ideas about songwriting. And some of them appeared on the CD with you as well. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, Carolyn Solabello um, sang on one of the songs. Cheryl Prashker played percussion. Um, so, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, oh, that's so great. Um, you probably have seen a lot of changes in the music industry, too, since you first started. Uh, I remember you made an EP many years ago. And, mm -hmm. uh, well, I don't want to say too many. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like you're aging. You're a young kid well, here. Well, even on. from the last record. Yeah. I mean, the last record came out in 2007. And putting this record out in 2016... It's a completely different scenario. I never had to think about Spotify before. Mm. I never really cared about digital downloads before. I almost decided not to make a physical product. And really the only reason I did was because I'm going to be playing shows and right. people buy CDs at shows. But I don't really have any idea that I'm going to be selling CDs online anymore. Uh -huh. Yeah, I don't think anybody is anymore. Yeah. It's really, it's really <laughs> strange. Well, I wonder if you would share another song with us. Sure. And actually, speaking of Spotify, uh, this next song I'm going to do is called uh, Daffodils. And uh, it's gotten some pickup on Spotify. I think last I checked, it had about 16,000 plays, which is really exciting. That, that comes out to be about $3.25, but it's still exciting. <laughs> It's been a long season of ice and of snow The frozen glow as the sun slips away I pull the blankets up and 
cover my head I'll just stay in bed another day When the winter wind is blowing again And the Arctic air is keeping me in I have faith that spring is around the bend And the daffodils will appear again And the daffodils will appear Underneath that lying in place to show their face up to the sun, like all the music in my tired heart, waiting to start when winter is done. When the winter That spring is around the bend And the daffodils will appear again And the daffodils will appear In the new year Falling rain will wash the snow away And clouds will fade from the sky Trees drop their leaves upon the frozen ground When the winter wind is blowing again And the Arctic air is keeping me in I have faith that spring is around the bend And the daffodils will appear again And the daffodils will appear again And the daffodils will appear in the new That is a song that I know I'm going to be playing a lot during the winter, and also anytime I just need that little pick me up. It's such a, such a happy and hopeful song. Well, that's good because it was really inspired by my complete lack of ability to get a song written. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, writer's block, huh? <laughs> that song is all about writer's block. Wow. Uh, now that kind of brings up the, the whole process of writing. I mean, you, you've written some uh, some amazing songs. Uh, how do you, well, you write songs to deal with a writer's block? Is that how you get out of it? Well, they, they all come different ways. Yeah. I, am, I am the most unprolific writer you will ever meet. I, I don't have a pile of unfinished songs that are just waiting to be finished. Pretty much everything I start that I like enough to finish, I finish, it's done. Right. That's the end of it. <laughs> so it's, it's also one of the reasons I don't think I've released a lot of records is because it takes me a while to write. It's sure. hard. It's the oh. hardest thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everybody would do it if they could, but it's 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 a real craft, and that's why when I get CDs like yours, you know, it just makes me stand up and attention because oh, some you. wonderful songs here and, and such a 
such a, a, a lyrical craft that you have. I, I, I can see the, the, the show tune influence that came through there. But, yeah, definitely. But it's, it's, it's not your um, you know, moon, June, spoon kind of stuff that you do. I mean, there's some deep, deep thoughts behind, the, behind your songs. I, well, lyrics are important to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I've always, I always read along with the lyrics on songs that I liked. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it seems in current music it's not as important, but it's always been important to me. Absolutely. I had a discussion with a songwriter recently who I, he played me a song once of him just singing with his guitar. And it was so moving. Then he sent me a recording where he put a band behind it. Couldn't hear the words. Yeah. And I'm saying, you know, you lost me on this song because it just, you know, it, 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 you changed it. And he said, well, people don't listen to lyrics anymore. And I'm saying, whoa, that's, <laughs> I'm out of, a, out of a job here that that's the case. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, and it's also not only what the lyrics mean, but I think the sound of the lyrics right. a, help create a better sounding song. There's certain words that sound good in succession, certain rhymes that really enhance the sound of a song. So it's not just what the words are saying, it's how the words sound mm-hmm. as part of the music. Right. Now, have you had any um, mentors? I mean, other than just listening to, to LPs when you were younger. I mean, what, how did you learn your craft? How did I learn my craft? I think I, I it was the angst of being fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Janice Eden right here. <laughs> All right, that's where it started. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's funny. One of the one of the songs on the new record that we might hear later is called "Good Song," and it's actually about the concern I had, or I don't know if it was so much a concern I have, but the, the thought that other people had, that once I got married and I was really happy uh, that I, the, the muse wouldn't come any longer uh-huh. because I'd no longer have any miserable things to write about, which is why I have to read other people's blogs. Right. You know? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that didn't occur because, you know, too many people use songs as, as a therapy session. You right. just can only hear so many, many down songs about, you know, broken romances and such. You exactly. Need, you need something positive, and that's what's coming through through, through your material. Speaking of positive, why don't you introduce the band to us? <laughs> I would be delighted to introduce the band. John Sobel has uh, come to accompany me on bass guitar. Um, John Sobel is the husband I was uh-huh. referring to earlier. Uh, he also, as, as we said earlier, he's the number one husband and number two bass player. <laughs> because John doesn't play bass in my regular band, but I've just started playing keyboard in his band, Whisperado. And uh, we're, we're actually playing a gig together this Wednesday at uh, Gold Sounds in Brooklyn. Yeah, in, uh, in Bushwick. Yeah. Trendiest new neighborhood you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, it's good to have you on the show today. What, what kind of music does Whisperado do? Uh, it's kind of a roots rock, uh-huh. um, a little bit of rockabilly, a little bit of country. And uh, it's eclectic because it's mostly my songs, and they are about uh, all kinds of different events and and current events and past events and crazy things that occur to my brain and they come out in different <laughs> musical styles. John was an English major, which is evident through his music. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we'll have to hear some of your music in the future, too. Yes. So let's get a, get a recording someday. <laughs> uh, well, it's so good to have both of you in the, in the studio today. And uh, for those of you just tuning in, our, our guest is Elisa Pamer. Uh, our new CD is called Inside the Glass. And uh, we're going to just take a, a little break here. As soon as I queue up my next <laughs> my next card here, and uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with some more live music here on WFQFM. Mm-hmm. 
This segment of WFDU programming is underwritten by the Hurdy Gurdy Folk Music Club on Saturday, June 11th at 8 p.m. The Hurdy Gurdy presents Brother Son with special guest Efrat. Joe Jenks, Pat Wichter, and Greg Greenway are Brother Son. They celebrate the amazing power of three part male harmonies singing contemporary folk with touches of gospel, blues, jazz, and pop. Brother Son is an explosion of musical diversity and harmony in the finest of male singing traditions. Opening the evening will be Efrat, a violinist, violist, singer, arranger, and composer who blends a variety of styles, including folk, jazz, pop, klezmer, swing, and blues. Brother Son with special guest Efrat, Saturday, June 11th, as part of the Hurdy Gurdy Concert Series presented at the Fairlawn Community Center, located at 1010 20th Street in Fairlawn, New Jersey. The number for more information on the Hurdy Gurdy Folk Music Club is 201 384 1325, and the website is hurdygurdyfolk.org. Hey, this is Christine Vitale from the group Harmony Alley. If you're crazy over classic vocal group sounds like I am, stuff like the Spaniels, the Ravens, Dominoes, Calvanes, Chords, Golden Gate Quartet, Paragons, Jesters, Heartbeats, Five Keys, and many more, then you know you got to make it your business to listen to the group Harmony Alley, Sunday nights at 7 p.m. on WFDU-FM. See ya! And we're back on Traditions. Whoop. Enough of that. <laughs> Promo's over. Uh, we're back on Traditions. I'm Ronald Lesko, and my special guest today is Elisa Pamer. Brand new CD called Into the Glass. And next Sunday afternoon, uh, actually Sunday evening, 6 o'clock show, is it? Uh, 6 o'clock, yep. 6 o'clock in Brooklyn Heights at First Acoustics. You'll be doing her CD release party. And speaking of the CD, why don't we play something from this uh, recording now? One of the songs that really caught my attention was Bobby Hollywood. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, yeah. actually. It's a, a unique song. Tell us how this one came to be written. Uh, well, we live in uh, Manhattan near Union Square, and we often go to the Green Market there. And uh, one day we were in the, the walking around the Green Market, and I hear this voice behind me in this really thick New York accent go, my cousin died right there. His name was Bobby Hollywood. Ooh. And I was like, whoa, that's a story. And I turned around and I couldn't, I didn't know who this person was who said it, but it just kind of sparked something. And I, it's funny, I actually posted that on Facebook and somebody wrote to me on Facebook, you should write a song about that. I'm like, okay, I'll write a song about that. And it just kind of took, um, it started going from that story to the changes that the Union Square area and New York in general have gone through over the years that it's become so gentrified. But really in the grand scheme of things, New York's been changing so much from the very beginning uh, that what we see when we walk by, there's like hundreds and hundreds of years of history just in that particular space. So right now Union Square is a lot about gentrification um, but there used to be a guy named Bobby Hollywood when Union Square wasn't quite so fancy. And even before that, when Union Square was probably a swamp. At the Union Square Green Market Where the farmers sell their wares From some fine organic sausage To those purple heirloom pears There a man with a dark story Long-time citizen of this town Told me that's the place it happened They shot Bobby Hollywood down 
I was buying Brooklyn pickles Made by a hipster out in Queens Surrounded by my neighbors In their hundred dollar jeans But the man that caught my eye Was the one that didn't care About the cooking demonstration Cause Bobby Hollywood died right That's Elisa Pamer. Lovely song called Bobby Hollywood. It's one of my favorite cuts on this new CD. The CD is called Inside the Glass. And Lisa's with us today in our studio. Um, you know, you lived in New York all your life? or uh, I grew up in Westchester. In Westchester. Austin, actually. Okay. Uh, born in Brooklyn. Yeah. Moved when I was four. But uh, went to school at NYU and just stayed. Uh-huh. Well, this song, uh, as you said before in your introduction, and it kind of sums up 
you know, what that city's all about, especially that area that you're talking about, Union Square. The yeah. Many changes have gone through it. The gist of this was that you, you heard overheard somebody singing this and uh, saying the, the, about their cousin who passed away. Did you ever find out who the real Bobby Hollywood was? Did you know, they... I actually Googled it shortly after. Uh, I couldn't find anything. Really? Uh, I mean, it might have been a complete... He could have been making up a story to impress his friend. I don't know. Uh, but it, uh, it made me get creative, so I right. guess that's all that matters. Well, Bobby Hollywood, wherever you are, Thank that's you. your song. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> You've done it. Um, Lisa Pamer's in our studio today, and uh, again next Saturday night. Uh, next, I keep saying Saturday. Next Sunday uh, evening. That's the real party night. That Bob. is a party yes. night. Yeah, so, Sunday's, it's, it's, Sunday's a new Saturday. It it's, is. It really is. <laughs> Especially in Brooklyn Heights. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you, you have some other shows coming up this summer, too. You mentioned you're in some other bands. Yes, yes. Well, in addition to uh, playing keyboard with John's band, Whisperado, uh, I'm in another collective called Illusion of Infrastructure, which is almost my exact... It, I think the players are all my band, for the most part. Erwin uh, Menken on bass, Jay Deegan on guitar, Steve Golding on drums, and... Uh, Except in Illusion of Infrastructure, we played Jay's and Irwin's songs as well. Um, so it's just an opportunity for us to like try out new material. And it's not just about my songs. It's my songs in conjunction with other people's songs. And it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that actually came across because last year we put out a record with a band called End of Love, uh, which Irwin put together uh, with some really great players. Um, Jody Stevens from Big Star. Uh, played on that record, and we we all did some gigs together. Uh, we did a, a show at Joe's Pub actually last winter, I guess. Um, Nels Klein from Wilco played on it. Lee Ronaldo from Sonic Youth. Um, so it was a great record and a great opportunity to play with some really terrific people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of morphed into this illusion of infrastructure because those songs were a lot of Jays. Mm. So it's just fun to have a lot of different projects to be yeah. doing. Sometimes it gets tiring when it's only about your band and right. your songs. So it's fun to play with other people. And, and, and I've been playing a lot more keyboard, too, because for a long time I was just playing. I started out playing keyboard. That's really what I, when I was a kid. And then I picked up guitar in my late 20s, mostly to write songs differently. And uh, then I played nothing but guitar for 15 years. I never touched the keyboard. And then I started to get, I started missing the keyboard. Uh, so now I almost only play keyboard, which is nice. It is. It's very nice. Yeah, it's funny. I was at the Hurdy Gurdy a few months ago. And we had a keyboard player up there, and uh, during intermission, somebody came up to me and he goes, "Wow, you don't see much many keyboards in folk music, do you?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, you do actually." I was thinking of people like you and Marcy Geller, and you know, it's not really so much the instrument you play; it's it's what you're playing and what you're singing about. Uh, I think that's what makes it folk music. Um, but, you know, again, the, the motivation for, for doing and creating music, um, you mentioned before how Spotify is not exactly a high-paying gig. Um, <laughs> what, what is your motivation for, for, for doing this? Is it just that you have these songs that you want to get out? Are, are you looking to make a career of this? or just No. Uh, no? I'm actually not looking to make a career out of it mm-hmm. because there's something really freeing about being able to yes. be artistic without mm-hmm. worrying about the financial rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to play. I just want to write. I just want to do shows for people. I don't want to worry about how I'm going to pay my bills because of it. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's the most precious thing in my life. So I'd rather worry about making money another way. And, and that, you've just answered, what is folk music right there? Because mm. it's music that comes out of a community, music that comes out of a spirit. It's not done for a commercial enterprise. And, uh, you know, if those things happen, great. But uh, Exactly. It's not yeah. like I'm walking away from opportunities. Right, right, right. But I, my first priority is to enjoy it. Yes. And I've absolutely. managed to do that for a long time. Oh, I'm so happy to hear you say that. I mean, I, I've known so many people over the years that, you know, that was success was their, their driving factor. And they would eventually burn out and you'd never hear from them again. And you'd, you wouldn't be happy doing it. No, no. If, if you were only measuring your success on financial gains, you have a pretty much a 99.9% chance of being disappointed. That's true. And there's just too many one-hit wonders out there that just disappear. But, you know, your, your music, I, I can see a, a sort of a timeless quality to it. And uh, I, I wonder if you'd mind doing another song for us. I'd love to. This one is called uh, Good For You. just enjoy it you had to make it be something you could see and you always would avoid it making what you feel into something real if you want to throw it all away Day. Good for you if you've got nothing left to say. Good for you, but you were good for me and I was good for you too. So you made your own conclusion, you wrote it on the wall for the fall Afraid to ask for absolution Buried in your pride And empty on the inside If you want to throw it all away Good for you If you're gonna pack your bags today Something better You think will come along And I won't never see you again You'll forget it When you're walking out But you'll regret it That I have no you 
another nice one. Oh, wow. I love that one. Good. Uh, it's called Good For You. It's a second cut, actually, on your CD. And yeah. Lisa Pamer here in the studio performing live today. Uh, you know, when you were doing the CD, was there any theme in mind or when you were going from song to song, anything that you were trying to connect the pieces together? Or? Nope. No? Actually, this is probably the most themeless CD <laughs> I've ever put out. Uh -huh. um, I think part of the reason is because the songs are written over a pretty extended period of time. Um, a lot of them were inspired by uh, women I was hanging out with, with the, the Joni show. So like Bobby Hollywood is a particularly folky song for me. Um, and I think that was a direct result mm -hmm. of the folkness that was <laughs> coming at me for a few years. <laughs> um, but no, it, it really wasn't. In fact, I, uh, I co-produced the album with uh, my bass player, Erwin Menken, who's got a much, I, I have a habit of, uh, I, I, might, I might make everything sound like REO Speedwagon. <laughs> so I make sure that I have somebody in the studio to stop me from doing that. Right, right. Uh... <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, no theme. Every right. but these songs are all quite different from each other. Yeah, yeah, they are. But they, there is still something that connects them together. Maybe it's your. It's the Broadway shown tune. Yeah, that yeah. is that too. That that's why I was wondering. Also, have you ever thought of maybe doing a kind of a show uh, around your music? You know. Well, so. John and I have been talking about like ah. writing a show with the music for a long time, and it's never gone any farther than we should write a show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put on a show. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I can see that, though. I, I can definitely see your music kind of in a, you know, maybe sort of like a Jacques Brel kind of cabaret sort of thing. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it lends itself to that. And it's just so anthem-like in, in, in some respects with some of your songs. I, I, can, I, go, I go for the lighter vibe. Yeah. The, not the, <laughs> you know, the lighter, the cigarette lighter right, vibe. Right, right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's, it's all sounding terrific. I, I'd like to share another cut from your CD now. Um, this is one called Can't Make Me Stop Loving You. Tell us about this one. Uh, this, this one do, doesn't really have much of a story, actually. I don't know where this one came from. It, it was actually, it was written on guitar. Um, and uh, I think it might have come, I heard some Bruce Springsteen song on the radio that kind of got into my head. And ironically, I don't even remember what Bruce Springsteen song it was. But I think this kind of came from that vibe uh, and uh, my fellow uh, Joni Mitchell blue friend, Caroline Solbello, sang, sang back up on this one. So we had a lot of fun doing that. You can pack up your bags at the end 
Take a walk, take a drive, take a drink Anything to clear your head You can follow all those demons in your mind You can follow me I can see the Bruce Springsteen influence, but not not enough to get sued by Bruce. So okay, you're, 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 you're okay there. Good. That's nice to uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a song called Can't Make Me Stop Loving You. Uh, Lisa Pamer, who is with us in the studio today. And this coming Saturday, I did it again. Huh? Next Sunday, she'll be at uh, First Acoustics in Brooklyn Heights. We'll give out the, the information, the phone number, address, and all that in just a little while. Uh, but I'm enjoying talking to Elisa today and uh, finding out about this music. I'm just curious. When, when you mentioned earlier you kind of grew up, your parents' show tunes and albums. Were you, were you also like in the school choir? Were you part Absolutely. of that route? Yeah, yeah. I was in the, the uh, chorus. I was in show choir, uh -huh. which was like glee. I did all the, the musicals. Um, I went through a period where I thought I wanted to be an actor and, you know, do Broadway stuff. But then I spent one summer in college auditioning for Summerstock, uh, and it was awful. Yeah, I thought, I'm, if I become an actor, I'm going to spend my whole time waiting for somebody to give me a job. But if I'm a musician, I can always play and always book my own gigs. Mm -hmm. So that, that really was what pushed me away from acting and into music. Sure. And also creating. You're, you're, you're creating your own material, too. Yeah. I mean, I, true actors, I mean, do bring out something of themselves in every performance. But, uh, you know, you get to kind of put yourself out on stage there. Is that hard for you to do, uh, you know, going out in front of a live audience and singing your own songs? I get nervous before every show, even this many years later. Really? But I only get nervous before I get to the venue. Uh -huh. And then once I'm there and I'm set up and I'm playing, I'm not nervous anymore. 
It's right. al- it's always been like that. I don't know why. I'm comfortable on stage. Yeah. I'm yeah. not comfortable thinking about being on stage later. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I was t- actually talking to somebody about this last night. You know, I feel more comfortable sometimes standing in front of an audience or sitting in front of a microphone than, you know, one-on-one. I get nervous when it's somebody new or something like that. But right. There's something about being out there like that. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you're here today. I wonder, you know, if, if you would do one more song. And, of course. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'd love to. Put you on to. stage again. I'd love to. <laughs> this, um... This song is called This Life, and uh, it actually just came upon, uh, came about by me fooling around on the piano, and the song came from there. There was not any plan behind it, uh, which is rare for me. myself to work hours crawl belly knotted in a ball soothe the pain with alcohol feeling like a jerk but this life
Oh boy, that is that is some powerful song. I'm pretty happy with that one. Oh, you should be. This life that that's a song that actually ends the CD, and uh, I am so grateful that you played this here live in our studio. Uh, Elisa Pamer is with us in the studio today, and uh, we're going to uh, wrap things up in just a moment. But uh, first, let's take this little break. Just want to remind you all that you're listening to Traditions here on WFDU FM. Coming up this Sunday on the Vintage Rock and Pop Shop, my guests will be Billy Davis Jr. and Marilyn McCoo of the Fifth Dimension. Then, Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine's David Beer joins me for the first part in a two-part special on the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. And finally, we'll be giving away copies of The Monkees' brand new album, Good Times. That's the Vintage Rock and Pop Shop, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on 89.1 WFDU-FM. This segment of WFDU programming is underwritten by the South Orange Performing Arts Center. On Thursday, June 30th, music legend and international treasure Taj Mahal will be performing with the Taj Mahal Trio. Though his career began more than four decades ago with American blues, Taj Mahal has broadened his artistic scope to include music representing virtually every corner of the globe, the Caribbean, Africa, Latin America, Europe, the South Pacific, and so much more. The South Orange Performing Arts Center is located at 1 Sopac Way in South Orange, New Jersey. For more information, the phone number is 973-313-2787, and the website is sopacnow.org. That's the Taj Mahal Trio at Sopac on Thursday, June 30th. Like to hear a favorite song or a particular artist on traditions? Send an email to wfdutraditions at aol.com and we will try to share your request on a future broadcast of this show. I am Ron Alesco, and this is Traditions, and my guest this hour has been Elisa Pamer. Elisa, I'm, I'm so grateful that you, you came by today to, to share this, this lovely music and this beautiful CD, Inside the Glass. Uh, I, I wish you all the success with this, this recording. and The CD release party, again, next Sunday. Sunday night. <laughs> and, and, and if you can give us the details on that, it's in the First Acoustics in Brooklyn Heights? Yep, First Acoustics at uh, the First Unitarian Church in Brooklyn Heights. Um, at 6 o'clock, there's an open mic that starts at 5, and then we'll play for about uh, 45, 50 minutes starting at 6. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's a fun night. I've been there for a, a bunch of shows, and there's um, donation uh, dinner that they serve. So it's really, it's a nice little event. Oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. I've heard some really good things about First Acoustics. Yeah. They put on a good series there. And uh, they're, they're, I'm glad they're, that you're going to be doing your release party kind of at home here in, in, in Brooklyn yes. Heights. Um, and uh, your website for our audience that would like to get some more information. www.alisapamer.com. My completely unspellable name <laughs> is E-L-I-S-A-P-E-I-M-E-R.com. Excellent. And uh, before we leave, we're, you're, you were kind enough to, to give us a copy of your CD that we can give away to our listeners. And uh, we're going to do that in just a moment or two. Uh, but before we end, uh, we're going to end with one more song from the CD, uh, the, the song Good Song. Um, you want to tell us about this, this little piece? Yeah, yeah. We, we, I mentioned earlier that uh, 
the whole idea of you can only write music if you're miserable um, is pretty pervasive, both in and uh, without the, uh, the music community. And once I started getting really happy in my <laughs> life and people were like, oh, well, you're never going to write again. In fact, it might actually have even been Irwin, my bass player, that said, well, how are you going to write now, now that you're married and happy? <laughs> Uh, and then this this song, good song, just kind of happened, um, and it's kind of like a uh, almost a uh, it, it's not it's not a normal song for me. It's kind of um, something unique that I haven't written much like this before. But that was the theme. Well, I'm, we're going to hear this right now. And again, I want to thank you, and I want to thank your band too for coming by today, and your road crew. And <laughs> thank you, band. <laughs> uh, well, I hope you'll you'll come back again soon. I'm sure you're going to be having some more songs, and don't wait another eight nine years before the next one comes I out. I <laughs> know. Well, the next time I put the music business is moving so fast now. Probably the next time I put it out, people have chips in their head. I yeah. can just broadcast my music directly into their brains. All right. <laughs> well, um, our telephone number. We're going to give it away to a random caller, a copy of uh, Inside the Glass. Uh, our number is area code 201-692-2012. That's 201-692-2012. And a random caller will win a copy of Inside the Glass from Elisa Pamer. Elisa, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, best of luck. Thank you so much, Ron. This has been great. There was nothing like sitting home at night. scream and shout But now I got you here It's never been so clear Everything is gone and turned out alright I'm happy every day You wash the clouds away And I don't cry into my pillow at night But I got nothing left to say My creativity has gone away Without a man to make me cry those melodies goodbye I'm singing corny songs and I'm writing corny lines it's because I haven't been this happy in a long long time and I'll never write another good song again can't you help me out make it all up you in a flat out lie I never felt so uninspired My writing skills have gotten weak and tired No more happiness for me If I want lyrics in a good melody Doubt. They always gave me some 
something good to write about And though all that misery has stopped I wrote songs that totally rocked But now I'm singing corny songs And I'm writing corny lines It's because I haven't been this happy Lisa Pamer. Oh, I'm sure she's going to be writing some good songs again. And if you want to hear more good songs, don't forget Sunday, June 12th. That's next Sunday, 6 p.m. show at First, Acoust- at First Acoustics. It's at uh, 116 Piermont Street at Monroe Place in Brooklyn Heights, New York. And for more information, you can go to uh, their website, which I believe is firstacoustics.org or Elisa's website, elisapamer.com. I'm Ron Alesco. This is Traditions. We have another hour to go. We're going to be paying tribute to Dave Swarbick, uh, the 